0: From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard. Your A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Mark Stedman, and if you
1: can't scratch your window with it, I don't trust it. I'm John Barnes, and I wouldn't trust myself further than I could spit a rat. <laughs> I'm John Hickman, and uh, do you want to make something of it? It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory, with a sign on the door saying Beware of the Leopard. leopard,
0: leopard. <laughs> We've got a few final Ps to take care of, uh, so let's begin in presidential fashion. President Uden Vranks was Zephod's predecessor. It was his idea to steal the heart of gold. But my question is to either of you uh,
1: was it? It, uh, do I, it depends on your views on causality. Doesn't it, though? It, um, <laughs> he definitely had the idea in <laughs> Zephod's telling whether it. I think you're trying to push us along to say that it's the uh, Infinite Improbability Drives idea. I'm merely asking the question. I I, I, I think I can see that's how your uh, your mind's working, Mark. Yes. But um, in my head, absolutely everything that happens in the entire book is the Guard Mark II's idea anyway. Um. So... uh, it's all been temporarily re-engineered. Strong, strong counterpoint. In as much as anybody has a um, an idea <laughs> in the book, yeah. uh, I think we can say the the, the president, uh, Franks. We can't say Franks. The president Franks uh, is the one that had that one. Mm. Um, it's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was his end game for stealing it? Well, he wanted Zephyr to. Um, get to Magrathia, although for what reason was never really explained. The infinite probability drive was the only way uh, to power a ship that would be able to find Magrathea.
0: Yeah, because they wanted to find out the, um, the answer to Life of the Universe yeah. and everything. I, I, I feel like um, it was slightly different in the second radio series in that because... The, there was very little made of the fact that Zaphod stole the ship. Like A lot of that was fleshed out in the books. And the actual stealing of the ship is, you know, that's done in the books and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the radio series, uh, the second series where they meet the man in the shack, uh, if I remember rightly, um, Zani Whoop uh, basically suggests that it was partly his doing that... Zephod, because uh, he was part of the group that wiped Zaphod's mind um, and got him to steal the heart of gold so that they could find the man in the shack, um, which is the, the, you know, because he's the ruler of the universe mm-hmm. rather than simply finding the meaning of life, because um, you're then actually finding the, the seat of real power, seeing as we know that um, galactic power doesn't rest at the president's feet, so... I don't know. It's it's almost it's almost as if it was a sort of a one-off joke that was mentioned. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he stole the ship and then he had to backwards engineer it or
1: reverse temporarily <laughs> engineer it? I used to, I used to think that Douglas Adams really was playing the uh, the part of the guide mark too in the entire. So <laughs> uh, uh, President Juden uh, uh, Franks, um, I'm going to say it like that anyway. Yeah. Is um, so. He was Zephod's predecessor. Are we, if we're saying that Zephod's uh, presidential term might be a little Trumpian, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who are we uh, saying his predecessor is? Are we, uh, he's got to be on the same side. Uh, So is he um, a sort of uh, Bush Jr.? Type of character is he a uh, a Reagan? I
0: actually, I, I actually view um, him as, as as less Trumpian. I sort of view it from the other side. So I think of him as more like a um, a Biden <laughs> sort of kind of you know like on, on the broadly on the right side but also not very good that's all of them right <laughs> well, yeah. the, uh,
1: well well all hey, of yeah. the uh, all of the democrats anyway is, is, he, is he the sort of president that's hung around attempting to be an avuncular um, comedy character after his term ended or did he get shot Ooh. and do they have to do a library the Zephod oh Beagle, Beagle props library <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's essentially uh, it's a single pamphlet well I was going to say it was a little bit like the uh, it was a It's a glorious gold um, uh, version of the uh, try-before-you-buy porn uh, shed in the rag market in Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, speaking as we
0: were of things powered by improbability... The guide says that if you hold a lungful of air, you can survive in the total vacuum of space for about 30 seconds, but the chances of getting picked up by another ship within that time frame are 2 to the power of 267,709 to 1 against. We've already discussed my rather arm's length approach to probability uh, in a previous episode, but I have a question for Mr Bounds. Um, if probability is an axis can multiple events occupy the same space in probability or could we use it as like a new form of geolocation and if that were the case could we use a service like what3words.com to narrow it down to like our particular point in the probability axis.
1: The Hitchhiker's Guide universe definitely suggests that probability is simply in this instance another dimension that has an axis that we yeah. could uh, work mm. with which would So, which would mean, of course, that you can be at the same point in probability, but not in the same point in time, in which case two objects cannot occupy the space. Of what use it would be? (laughs) The idea that you could travel across a contiguous part of probability without also traveling in one of the other dimensions is the bit I struggle to get my head around. You can, of course, stand still and travel through time. Yes. Uh, But whether or not you could stand still, temporarily and travel through probability is, I don't know. That's what bookies are for, really, isn't it? This is the sort of question we can only ask um, a mathematician or Guy Pearce. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so essentially, John, you, what you're saying is, is you could you could stand in one place, you could travel through probability, you might end up at the same place as someone else, but who knows, what's the chances of that happening
1: to <laughs> you? <laughs> well, we, we, we need... A way to measure probability. So we need, um in time, of course, we've Im- imposed this numerical structure mm-hmm. over the general timiness of it. The whole general sort of mishmash. Yes. Yes. And in time, we, in terms so of probability, we have a way of measuring it, but we don't have a... I don't know, we need a sort of Mr Celsius or Mr, Um, yeah, need a Mr Celsius to come along and say, okay, this is naught, because we don't have that, do
0: we? We have the... um, Yes, it's got to be, yes, this is one-to-one, which has to be the sort of neutral, Uh, this is one-to-one against, so this is things that happen, happen, Um, and then everything else is, is a... Now, can there be a negative... I guess it can't... Yeah, you, you can't... I'm trying to figure out, could you have minus one one to the... One again?
1: Yeah, for, we're four to one on... To, 33 to one on double carpets. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what we definitely
2: want is, we definitely want to either have a Mr. Celsius or a Mr. Kelvin, or a Mrs. Celsius or Mrs. Kelvin. I'm not fussed. Thank you, John. But it needs to be Celsius or Kelvin family and not the Fahrenheit family, because... No. Um, the... the yeah, you know, Kelvin units obviously go go from zero and the only and the only way is up. They're very Yaz inspired. And <laughs> um the Celsius or the centigrades, they can go either way, up or pull down, mm. both types of direction.
1: Your uh, balls could be at risk if you do not keep up the temperature. Uh sorry. Could <laughs> call back to last week.
2: And then but then the Fahrenheit is just what what is that? So I don't want to be measuring I don't want to be measuring um my probabilities in Fahrenheit where they seem to uh, get exponentially bigger gaps between things as I go up and where they start at fucking 40 or something.
0: Yeah, they start at the um, freezing point of of a mixture of Um, water uh, and ammonium nitrate or something, and then um, the the scale finishes at the average temperature of the human body, which is a constant fixed to a variable, (laughs) uh, which is very well set out in the sketch that you will find linked in your show notes that I tell everybody about whenever I get the opportunity, which is John Finnamore's souvenir programme, a sketch in which uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius meet at a conference and
1: have a discussion about scale. Nice. So in our probability measurement, mm-hmm. just for example, that we're going to call the scale a, um, a Hickman or a Steadman. Uh, and we're, we're, we're going th- to thrash this out right now. Yeah. Um, so assuming that zero on our probability axis scale has to be something that is an absolute one hundred percent nailed uncertainty that always exists, That's something that is one to one. Can I just raise my hand a second though? Because didn't we say last week that there's no such thing as zero? Didn't we? We said there was well, no such thing as um, truth.
0: Yes, and and that's exactly the point that I was going to make. That that we we figured out that there is we you know we we're going to have a blockchain for for things that have happened, but we. We don't have a handle on an objective truth. So how can we have a, a handle on objective probability? Oh, there's a good chance we can.
1: Well, we're inventing the scale. That's the whole point we no, can that's do. That's true. Yeah,
0: yeah, we can do what, what we like, yeah.
1: But if it's what I'm just trying to get my head around, mm-hmm. so if it's one to one, that... Doesn't mean that it's nailed on to happen. That just means that a bookie can make absolutely no money. Yes, well, sports books aren't probability, though. They measures are, well. Their odds are measures of probability, and that is Sp- how sports books are a
2: market. So they're not the odds that something will happen. They're the odds that the bookie will lose money. Okay. So it's not like uh, Arsenal are going to win the, uh, the 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 cup, the cup final.
1: Arsenal without a chance. It's it's
2: does the market think that Arsenal will, will win the cup final um, well you know I'm going to take uh, £100 down and put it on the cup final never happening because of the demolition of the earth I'm going to get very long odds on that because
1: nobody else is betting on that are you telling me that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film really needed the floating head of Ray Winston <laughs>
0: <laughs> Place your bets now. Fogs
1: in play. <laughs> what I'm trying to get what I'm trying to get to is is one to one, something that definitely happens, but or it's not, is it? To, well to, to quote
0: a trillion which was my opening phrase from from last week that should have used for this is um one to one we have normality, everything you can't deal with is therefore your own problem. That's really all it's saying is that the the things that are happening are as likely to happen in your particular universe and sphere of um, experience. That you know the, that that's that's the standard. It, it's not necessarily a judgment of. And at this point, I think I my, I my
1: brain might start to fizzle. Probability. See, we have the whole power of the internet. Probability is qualified is quantified as a number between zero and one. Where loosely speaking, and I think this is the trap we're falling into. Speaking loosely. Zero indicates impossibility, and one indicates certainty. Ah, so there we have it. Someone's that's all right. Someone's done the work. Isn't? Hmm. B- that's that that scales wrong. Um,
0: just just gonna <laughs> just gonna put it out there that that scales wrong. What's the probability of that scale being wrong? A high, because um, in an infinite universe. More things are possible than would not be, uh, and and I would argue, much like an X Factor contestant would would argue that um, nothing's impossible if you dream enough.
1: But more things are possible than would not be.
0: I was cutting myself short of saying that everything is possible um, in an infinite universe because I don't know that th- that seems improbable. But it's a fair definition of infinity? Yeah.
2: Hang on a second. Hang on a second.
0: Yeah. Hello. Is
2: that the Fields Medal? Yeah. <laughs> Um, can you listen to the new episode of uh, Beware of the Leopard? Because Mark Stedman, I think he's cracked something here. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Mark, that's uh, that's in the post. And now something, someone very unpleasant indeed. Prostetnik Vogon Jelts is the commander of the Vogon Constructor Fleet, who uses the new guide equipped with reverse temporal uh, engineering, as we've already discussed, to find a way of destroying all of the earths in existence along the probability axis. I made myself laugh by saying earths in a silly way. He is a fairly typical Vogon in that he is thoroughly vile. Uh, we'll definitely cover Vogon's in more detail in a few weeks, but it's worth discussing his name, as Prostetnik Vogon is very possibly a title. Uh, so, Mr Hickman, uh, what manner of rank or person is a Prostetnik? I've got uh, a couple of things I want to I want to raise here, a couple of points
2: of order. One is, have you stopped to consider that Prostetnik Vogon Gels? It carries with it a little bit of an echo Ooh. in terms of sound. What's the what's the word for it's not it's not a rhyme, it's like um an internal rhyme. It's it's matching a little bit of rhythm for Prosser. Oh, interesting. And they have got some key similarities in terms of the the the, the microcosm, macrocosm plot points that they're doing. And they're played by the same person in the radio series. They are the the, the demolition foreman Mm -hmm. who's building a bypass and they are very um, kind of literal bureaucrats Mm. and they have essentially some of the same dialogue. Mm. So um, consciously or unconsciously, I think that there's some wordplay and echoing been built into those into those names.
0: I, I really, I really like that. I think that's, I think that's very interesting. Um, why would, why would his name then include the word verb? Right. So that's
2: my other point that I wanted to make. Thank you.
0: Mm. Um, if, if
2: this is a title, then it's something of the order of Lord Human Gels.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> that's it is. That is
2: very strange, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to accept. I'm not going to accept anyone waving their Babelfish at me at this point. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because uh, why would the Babelfish have, have gone? Oh well, I'll put the name of the species there. No, it is the the, the, the species name is in the title,
1: and I mm. that's that's incredibly strange well may i don't i mean i'm not too up on vogon uh, gender and uh, other issues but maybe the vogon is the sort of title as in the sort of sort of like mr which is essentially saying man
2: Ooh. i've got an interesting aside to take you on here then john in stockholm in the summer did you have
0: to say there were well, you held captive but actually grew to like it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well john's laughing um i i found i i got really excited because um i was um when you said the uh, the thing you just said before you said stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. um I was thinking about Sweden and the fact that, and and so i don't want i don't think I'm going to steal your thunder but um that it is common for people in the legal profession to have the the name of their legal profession in their actual name um so advocate is um, that in in the same way that we have doctor as an honorific title right. um, that is part of your name? Right. Uh, they have the same thing um, in in the legal profession, and I thought that was interesting. Oh,
2: we have that in Guernsey as well. Oh, right. Okay. So when when I was in Stockholm in the summer, when we were on the the, the leopard break, um, I went to a, uh, a a museum. It was some sort of cultural museum and uh, this nice young man gave us this tour and he was taking us around and one of the things that he was very keen to impress upon us is that Viking isn't a race, isn't a nation it's a job Ah! <laughs> uh, and that you had Swedish and uh, other um, Scandinavian nations um, under their chiefs and some of them would go Viking for a few months <laughs> It's essentially like a kind of a like a like a medieval Scandinavian gap year. I'm just going for a vike. Yeah, have a vike. You'd be like you you'd be uh, you'd be given. Uh, it's like going to a kibbutz or something. <laughs> you'd. <laughs> you'd, you'd be, you'd be, like, oh, what, what did you do on your gap year? Well, you know, I went to England, and discovered myself uh, while pillaging, <laughs> and they're coming, they're, they're coming home, kind of like wearing necklaces of ears, and go, well, that's what everyone wears back there, you know? <laughs> you know. I haven't washed for a while. That's not what they do over there. It's a whole different place of life. It really is. Yeah, but um, so 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 apparently people would have a period of their life where they were Viking, and then they would kind of come home and 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 have a family. I suppose there's not a lot, of, there's not a lot of call for Viking at
0: home is there? So, if you want a Viking go over there and do it all, all you're really doing is sitting around in in cafes
1: waiting for people to order spam <laughs> this the only the only really the only thing you can uh, really are uh, really good at is uh targets and hoopla which is of course a uh,
0: common misconception because Vikings would never have had horns on their helmets because it gave the uh, opponents something very easy to grab onto so it was a bit of a, a, bit of a misconception Hello.
2: Is that a, is that a known fact or a thing that you've SQI thing?
1: I, <laughs> I may be. I, I think I'm. I might be wrong,
0: but I'm perfectly willing to swear. I
1: think prost prost. I think Prostechnic is definitely some sort of uh, rank because I believe in one of the later, maybe the most recent radio series. The, we had another Vogon who had the same. Type of yeah that's um the, the there was more
0: reason given for, for why this was um a theory in that uh gag halfront um the the brain care specialist makes mention of vogon uh, of gelt's being uh, a leader of vogon's prosthetic in in the sort of surgeon's general kind of ah. way um yeah, so that that was another bit of another bit of credence to it. But yes, no, I think you're right. I'm 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 fairly sure that I've uh, come across it in in one of the books, whether it was the Owen Colfer one or one of the previous ones when I was doing my rereading for research. Um, that I'm pretty sure that it has come up before.
2: So, in summary, then we've decided that Prostetnik is a rank, possibly, and Vogon is a job, and we don't know what this species is. I think vo I think more no species is Vogue. I think Vogan essentially means Mr. But Ford refers to them as Vogons. Um, and if the people refer to them as Vogons, but that's in the same way that Vikings is this misunderstood. Well
1: they come from the planet Vogue sphere, don't they? So this um...
0: Yeah. I'm prepared to 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 say that the guide is right. Um it's 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 more like um being called English, you know. I I had a I had a friend with the, the surname English. You know, it's it's sort of a bit like that, you know, be like Jason Earth. <laughs> And now, uh, at the risk of um, having flashbacks to July, let's have some mint. Float a measure of qualactin hypermint extract when mixing a pangalactic gargle blaster over the back of a silver spoon. Uh, It's redolent of all the heady odours of the dark qualactin zones. Subtle, sweet and mystic.
1: John B., um, would you risk brushing your teeth with hypermint toothpaste? Only if uh, a dentist on the television recommended it to someone else who turned around and then told us about it with their voice slightly out of sync, <laughs> um, with uh, their mouth movements. <laughs> the sphere of toothpaste um <laughs> really does uh, interest me a lot. Mm. Did you know the first... Um, television commercial on uk television was for a toothpaste is that right it was for uh, gibbs sr mm. uh it's not a particularly good advert i think it's, as far as i can remember it's a a picture of some toothpaste in a block of ice <laughs> Uh, and that's it. Wow! Um, but the, we, so we we've had lots of different spheres. But you remember, do you remember the um, the Aquafresh one with the dancing sort of yes. snowman esque
0: family, which they they brought back a few years ago in uh, because of nostalgia.
1: We want blue stripes, we want white, we want the red stripes, but that's all right. As you can see, Aquafresh is all free Aquafresh is for the family. But recently, so it seems to have solidified. Oh no! Sort of- toothpaste will do that if you leave it out the. Quasi medical um, thing where uh, my dentist recommended this. Yeah. So I said to my dentist, I said to my dentist, "What do you recommend?" And uh, my dentist normally recommends radio fucking two. <laughs> or <laughs> dentists recommend voting Tory, <laughs> playing golf, vital to let portfolios, <laughs> driving a fucking sports car. The rich fucking thieving. Yeah. Bastards, <laughs> violent, vicious sons. When I was younger, just a bad little kid. My mother noticed funny things I did. <laughs> but anyway, so, but in t- when the TV adverts come to sell us uh, toothpaste, it's it it it's, seems weird. Uh, so what do you do with t- things you do with toothpaste? You clean your teeth with it, but overall, over that, you stick it in your mouth mm. um, twice a day, maybe. Mm. Um, so. There's no reason it couldn't taste nice. There's probably... Yeah, there's probably reasons. Is there? Um,
0: it's, it's probably... there's It's like... It's probably got to be good for you. It, and, and also, you, you don't want things in your mouth that... Mm, okay. Th- things that taste nice don't necessarily <laughs> smell nice. And so if you're going to have, you know, peanut butter flavoured toothpaste in the morning and then you go and kiss your partner, they might not want to stick their tongue in your peanut butter Well, face.
2: where's this mint hegemony come from, Mark, where everyone wants to have minty faces?
0: Well, it, it's 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 nice and neutral, isn't it? It's, the, it's not um, neutral, it's really... All
1: right, it's really minty, but it's, minty. <laughs> but it's... it's it's basically fine, isn't it? It's nice on lamb and new potatoes. Mm. It's not necessarily nice on your cornflakes, but it's... <laughs> No, it's also murder if you've just had an orange squash. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have it too close to the orange squash. More than all that, what does it do to make your voice go out of sync with your mouth? <laughs> yeah. when, I go and, when I go and get on the bus in the morning, I've just brushed my teeth. Do, do, I can't do this on the podcast, obviously. No. But what you have to imagine is my mouth was moving a few minutes ago. And, my, <laughs> and then I said whatever I was saying. But it's why why is it particularly that these adverts do that why is it why is it and also why is <laughs> why it that in these adverts why? people are such shits because there was one of these adverts i was watching the other day and the woman was uh, altering her photo on like instagram or whatever touching it up to make her teeth whitened and have and my friend said to me why don't you whiten your teeth in real life Going, she's sitting there going, you've got yellow teeth, you yellow teeth bastard. <laughs> you ugly son. Be such. ashamed. are you going to have some cosmetic work done? Because you're a minger. This, this, this oh, sorry.
0: I, no, I, I'm with you. My, my, the, the ones I hate are the the ones that feel like they're preying on the credulous, which is the adverts that are the semi, which I, I think you sort of alluded to earlier, the semi-medical um faux candid shots of you you know they they're, they're real because they're slight the angles are slightly off um i don't know why why anyone thinks that that makes it more real so you you have photos of these actors that are des- dressed as dentists and the sound isn't very good and for some reason the camera isn't straight because that makes it look more r- real you mean telling me they're not even real dentists well i assumed not Because the whole thing, the whole thing, you know, this is this is uh, John John Hickman will know. It's media studies ruins your life. But Mm -hmm. there's not a single part of that advert that I can take with any credence because it's it's they, they are working so hard to make this feel like it's you know oh no we're just showing you bits from a medical journal that's why the cameras all. Uh, off kilter and the, the sound isn't right because we haven't mic'd them up properly because we're no 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 we weren't making an ad oh I'm sorry I can't believe you thought that no 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 this is from the scientific Britannic dental monthly
1: the sound's wrong isn't it because they can't be asked to make localised versions oh no that's it? yeah 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 absolutely Is that um, that's real that's that's really yeah, yeah. true isn't it yeah 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 no d- genuinely yeah um, but these adverts aren't expensive to make are they these particular adverts no but they, they don't
0: care Enough, and that's the thing that, that strikes me with a lot of these adverts that are made somewhere in, in Europe. Um, I, I guess French, France or Germany, I think, commonly is that the companies don't care enough about the customer to actually make and had for them. Um, uh, the thing is, actually, it's not just Europe. Uh, interestingly enough, um, there was I, I i only just happened to see this just because of the way time worked out but i was on this is years ago i was on holiday and there was a an ad for a new android phone or whatever and um there's a there's a moment at which two people are at a uh, at urinal and one guy's looking at his phone and the other guy uh sort of looks at him and just goes really as in you know oh you're looking at your phone wow what a dork um and it's like really and it's this american guy and, uh, I saw exactly the same advert, um, when I came over back to the UK and they'd brought someone in to record half a second of going, really? But in a British accent? So it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same advert. So it's, it's not just a European thing. It's companies have so little respect for, um, for the viewers, that they're like, oh, we don't even care. Like, they they won't notice, some of us do, they won't notice that none of the mouths are moving in the way that, you know, or that people are speaking in ways that they do not speak in normal, because we just want your fucking money, and we don't care about you. And that's what these adverts say to me and the 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 dentist ones specifically i look at them and and they they say to me you're dumb you'll buy this shit because we've engineered this to make it look candid we know you're a fucking idiot you're gonna think this is real shut
1: up and buy our toothpaste and in that advert (laughs) the guy just looks over at the other guy on the urinal and goes really yeah
2: I know I just um, John sort of mentioned that it wouldn't be too expensive but I've just been I've just been running the numbers on it and I think it could be quite expensive John because firstly firstly what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get some attractive people right to be in your advert. Okay and that's more expensive in the UK. Yeah it is because their teeth need to be good. No so you going to have to you're going to have to have an a, an attractive person whose teeth might be may or may not be yellow. Right? And they're going to have to have good looking hands because they're doing something on the computer. So you're going to see their hands. They're going to have to have an attractive friend. But then there's going to have to be some attractive dentists as well to come and tell them what's going on. And then you're going to have to get all of this lot and you have to get them down to a dentist's office. Then you're going to have to pay for that dentist to go and play golf all day. (laughs) So you could use his office <laughs> and his and his lab coat. So yeah, and his lab coat. So you know, you you you, you've, you said these are expensive. If he's not gonna if he's not gonna scale and polish twenty people that day, that's gonna be a considerable amount of wedge. I'd only do it once.
1: Actually, I know where there's a dentist's office free because my dentist, uh, when I was a, a young lad, got sent to prison for fiddling with people under the gas. <laughs>
0: Uh, And now for some speed. R is a velocity measure defined as a reasonable speed of travel that is consistent with health, mental well-being, and not being more than, say, five minutes late. It is therefore clearly an almost infinitely variable figure according to circumstances, since the first two factors vary not only with the speed taken as an absolute, but also with awareness of the third factor. Uh, I know we pick apart a lot of Adams' stuff, and I'm also very aware that, um, very well aware that we're going to uh, enjoy some more Hickman splaining. But um, I like this concept a lot. Um, thoughts, John? This is a lovely bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is a lovely bit, and um... I like it because I feel like because th- this is the the same. Um, it's a s- similar part of the book in which um, beast dramatics is. Um, discussed and and, and laid out and i'm not a fan i found that too sort of um outlandish um or too to almost verging on the observational comedy stuff and because it was not something that actually exists as a concept in real life i i couldn't latch onto it whereas the, the r thing i really I, I actually do like this as a as a kind of sensible measure of speed i think it's um or well, not a measure of speed but a formula for for working out speed i think is um yeah i i enjoy it it's 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 a slightly it's a slightly
2: selfish equation because built into it is the idea that you are going to be late.
0: But, but no, no more than five minutes. Being five minutes
2: late, though. Mm. In Guernsey, I think everything used to be 15 minutes away. <laughs> that was lovely. So we, we, we kind of had our built in because it was such a self-contained little pocket universe <laughs> um, and, and with a very restricted speed limit, both in terms of the law and, and the roads. So I think that's the kind of closest I've ever come to this, this idea of Yep, yeah, just you don't have to worry about anything because every time you go somewhere it's going to take you 15 minutes and you'll be three minutes late. It was absolutely perfect. But in in, in Birmingham, it's too complicated.
0: Uh, I, I used to, uh, I had a boss and where uh, any, any, anything that we went to, mm. anything, we were always up to 15 minutes late. And it was just, it, he only got worried if it was sort of more than that, like be, between five and 15 minutes that you basically, you're there on time. And I, you know, we'd go for pitches and all sorts of things and I'm sort of going... I mean I wasn't getting stressed about it because he's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> but I you know I like I I I arrive ridiculously the only time I really make an effort to not arrive too early for things is parties because no one wants you to arrive early at a party. Right. Um but for you know, for everything else. I mean I've I've spent days in well not days, I, cumulatively I certain I certainly have, um, spent days in airports and train stations because I leave too much time <laughs> for things because I'm frightened of missing uh, of, of missing a, a deadline and you know, I'll just spend three hours bimbling around flipping uh some some, you know, station in um in, in London, just listening to podcasts or trying to play on the iPad or something because I booked my train ticket yesterday when I was certain that this half an hour tube journey was going to take me two hours. So, well, so that's yeah, what, I need I need a bit more R in my life. Well, that's where
2: the that's where the model breaks down slightly, though, isn't it? Is that um, mm. I'm not sure that
0: building in being late
2: is good for mental well being.
0: Isn't it the other way round though? It's 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 building in your own mental well being, and then taking as red that that might um that might mean that you're late the, the it, it's not about being late it's about not being stressed and it might be that the upshot of not being stressed is that yay yeah, you, you're a little bit late um but it's it's about not being stressed out
2: how
1: can you how can you actually know that you're late and not be just a little bit fraught. Depends what you've been. Depends what you're late for. I've never fussed. I've never fussed about being a little bit late for the start of, for example, say a football game. Right. Let's be honest. If you're a bit late for a film at the pictures, you're not really going to miss anything, are you? Oh yeah, but well, uh, what's late for the pictures?
0: This is it. I was going to going to get to that because there's two. There's two times. Yeah. There's the show time, mm-hmm. which is about half an hour before the film time and if you know your cinema you know how many adverts and trailers and adverts for the cinema and adverts for the snacks at the cinema they're going to play before the film mm-hmm. and so there's there's late for the call time uh and then there's late for the actual start of the film which you know is probably upwards of 20 to 25 minutes after call time so it, it's worse than that mark it's there's the cinema mm-hmm.
2: Then there's the movie. Then how far it is into the run. The less popular the film is, which then relates to how far it is in the run. Because if it's later on in the run, ah. it's less popular. They will have fewer adverts, fewer trailers. Yes. So the the time between the call time and the show and the and the and the film time. It's a variable. Gets smaller. Mm-hmm. With we, we need we need another letter and another formula. Is what I think we're saying. Yeah, it does. But I've I've been known to phone the cinema and ask what time the film is, (laughs) and then go, no, 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 I'm in the film.
0: And they've got the data already. Of course, yeah.
1: I mean, they they know how many
0: things they're going to play because
1: it's automated, isn't it? So if you could find that out, Mm -hmm. that would make the... The, the the times of the, the adverts start the showtime uh a piece of nonsense so but in it's the fashion- very much in that not in their
0: interest to give that information out but, but
1: if we could find it out but in the, let's take another let's take let's move to another but related i suppose mm-hmm. industry let's move to the fashion industry mm-hmm. so everybody's aware of the concept of being fashionably late <laughs> what, five to ten minutes oh no i think it's more than that I think, yeah, I think if it's a, if
0: it's a, if it's a swank off do, I think I think you want to be I think fashionably late is because fashionably late is about making an entrance and you can't make an entrance if everybody else is entering at the same time. So you've got to be like an hour late. If there's
1: any chance of getting swanked off, I'm getting there early. <laughs> um, no, but so what I'm what I'm getting at is that every so let's say our fashionable swanking off do starts at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. If everybody there is gonna be fashionably late. <laughs> Let's define fashionably late as F. Yeah. So then if it start, if they say seven, then everybody gets there at seven plus F. hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does this work does the next time is f is f does f get longer does are fashion people working on like a completely different but ever expanding function of time do their watches have to be longer their digital watches apple watches is there some sort of like um i don't know some sort of leap day or whatever to reset fashionable (laughs) people's lateness every year (laughs) that's a good point um I was also
0: thinking that I, I, I imagine F is, it's a constant, but it's, he- the, the constant is held between each individual party, and uh, by which I mean, you know, personal group. Um, so the, the two Johns are going as a unit. The, the, the two Johns are very, very fashionable. So their F, the, the value of F for them might be 1.5 times the value of my F because I'm not as fashionable. And so F actually becomes, It can it could vary, so you could scatter the night quite well uh, with everybody adhering to their own value of what F is to them, because they are at different um, points along the uh, fashion axis.
1: And if you want them all the fashionable people to uh, go away somewhere, you just have to take F off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But don't you just
2: hate it when you're at the cinema and the film starts, and then everyone arrives? Oh God! Yes, all the fashion bastards.
0: And now uh, it's time to see how many times Mark, that's me, has to re-record the opening section of this next bit. The radiation swamps of Kvulzender were a site of battles between the Silastic Armour Fiends of Stritorax and the strenuous Gar Fighters of Stug, uh, both of which I think we'll be covering later. Mr Bounds, do you think the swamps were made of radiation before the battle or as a result of it?
1: If they were made of radiation before the battle, it seems to be a rather absurd place to site a battle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's 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 almost as... Uh, I mean, it's it's a little, it's like almost as unimaginative as turning up for the Battle of Hastings at Battle in uh, Kent. <laughs> uh, well, I, I genuinely don't know. I also don't know what sort of radiation it is. It might be the sort of harmless radiation, uh, that, or it might be that the silastic armor fiends of Stitterax and the stren- strenuous Garfighters of Stug are both completely immune to the type of radiation that these swamps uh,
2: give off. Sometimes you get baddies, don't you, in computer games? You actually get stronger from your. Uh from your weapons so maybe they, they might even thrive on it some of them
1: or they've all turned into they've all been as long as you don't set a, a troop of spiders there a hungry spiders at the same time right um, everybody will be alright that's how it happens in science fiction right
2: yeah you get the radiation then somebody gets bigger or stronger don't they mm.
0: Well, that just about wraps it up. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, as ever. Uh, If you want to uh, find show notes for this show, uh, you can look at your phone, um, but you can also go to btlpodcast.com where you will find this and other shows that are part of our tiny little uh, collective. Um, We call ourselves The Outpost, that's nice. Um, So uh, find us there. You'll also find um, Danny uh, if you want to follow him. Um, We're hoping to have him back soon if, if... i think everything's fine um <laughs> he's fine um you'll, you'll follow him on twitter at probably drunk and uh, john bounds is over there at bounder john hickman is at john hickman that's nice and easy and i am i am Stedman, which is not as easy and is a little bit uh, annoying but that's the handle i chose um thank you very much for listening again and we will see you next week so until then share and enjoy This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com.
1: I just have to make people aware of what's happened to me right now. Oh, um, God. I'm recording this on my uh, Apple Mac thing and Apple Mac Photos <laughs> has, just decided, has just popped up and decided that it's created a new memory. <laughs> For me oh. oh yes From 2018 It's created a memory called Fluffy Friends Ah oh, yes And uh, the lead photo in it is uh, Kevin Keegan The ex-England <laughs> footballer <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's standing with a bulldog but
0: that's... <laughs> Oh that's the AI for you